It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast on this short week, Thanksgiving week or hell week in some ways, because two football games in four and a half days is never fun for anybody. Uh, It gives us plenty of content, I can tell you that much, but it is a manic, manic week, no doubt about it. I'm Chris Russell. Uh, I am your host, of course, as always, of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. We are brought to you by our friends at Pepsi, as we often are, right? Can't say it enough, especially with Thanksgiving here and the Washington football team visiting the Dallas Cowboys. If you are not drinking a Pepsi or Diet Pepsi, in my case, you're not doing it right because this football season is different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. We'll be watching together, but separate, socially distanced this Thursday. I'm not going to Dallas, going to watch it on TV, do my work along with you guys. So you should eat, stuff your gullets, and drink plenty of Pepsi or ice-cold Diet Pepsi because it's the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football-watching content from our friends at Pepsi. All right, so away we go right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Um, Let's do this. We start with a little bit of breaking news that we have because we are behind, uh, as always, in trying to get everything done. uh, We have the benefit of getting you two bits of important and, I think, timely news. Now, we don't know exactly where we're going with this. Uh, just because it's just fresh out on Tuesday uh, morning. But Todd Archer of the of ESPN, uh, who longtime Cowboy beat writer, is reporting that the Cowboys canceled practice on Tuesday. Now remember, with the short turnaround from Sunday late afternoon, really evening in Minnesota, a win for the Cowboys, then a pretty long trip back home, a couple hours, right? No team practices on Monday. Um, They issue an injury report, which we'll get to, but it's just an approximation. Tuesday is a glorified walkthrough slash practice because um, it's it's really the only day that you can get any on-field work done. And again, most of it this week is mental anyway. Um, So the bottom line is, Tuesday is normally a day in which you get a little bit of work done for a Thursday game, right? Even under normal circumstances. Well, the Cowboys have canceled practice Tuesday because of a non-COVID-related medical emergency involving a staff member. So certainly our, our thoughts and our hearts are with 
whoever this is trying to find out the name, trying to find out what's going on. It sounds like, um, you know, obviously, again, they're saying it's a non-COVID-related medical emergency, so we know it's not that. Uh, I hope it's not anything even greater. You know, there's guys that I know on that staff, Jim Tom Sula, of course, the former Washington football team uh, defensive line coach, um, Chase Hazlitt, who is an offensive quality assistant uh, for Mike McCarthy, who is part of that staff, Jim's son, uh, who I just got to see a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so certainly my thoughts are with that staff, uh, you know, whether I know them or not, obviously. Um, and, and, and maybe it's not significant because it would just be a short walkthrough anyway. But as Archer notes, uh, players were supposed to have a shorter practice today in preparation for Thursday's game, right? And they're not going to be able to practice. You know, they'll have a walkthrough, presumably, on Wednesday if everything's okay, but that's it. I mean, this is more a mental prep and get your body right and get your body prepared for Thursday afternoon, which is even way earlier than your normal, typical Thursday night game, right? It's like three and a half hours earlier because kickoff is at 4.30 Eastern. So, again, our thoughts... um, with the Dallas Cowboys, certainly we will uh, try and update as much as we possibly can on this particular situation. Uh, but for right now, uh, that's what we know uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, for the Washington football team, they are expected to practice on Tuesday late afternoon, right? Um, yesterday, they issued a, and both teams really, issued a practice and injury report based on, based on what it would have been like if both teams practiced, right? So again, both teams did not practice, so we need to make that clear on Monday. But they have to, the NFL, probably for gambling, um, makes you issue, again, this report that you have to generate even though there was no practice. It's an approximation, an estimation. So here's the problem. Normally, we don't go crazy about who doesn't practice on a Wednesday in a typical lead-up week to an NFL Sunday game, right? Wednesday is very different than Sunday. But because this is a short turnaround, a really short turnaround, and it's not even the typical Wednesday to Sunday— It is notable, and even though they didn't practice, it is notable who is listed on this because guess what? It's their two best players on offense for Washington. Antonio Gibson was listed as would have been a DNP, did not participate with an ankle. Terry McLaurin, same thing, ankle. Dustin Hopkins, understandable, right groin, expected. Cornerback Danny Johnson, knee, whatever. Uh, He is part of their return game, but Stephen Sims is fine. The problem is, again, with Gibson and McLaurin, and maybe this will change and they'll be limited on Tuesday or whatever. I'm recording this before I go out to the Inova Sports Performance Center, uh, so we will have an update on this on the next episode. The problem is that if those guys can't play both, they're doomed. If one of them can't play, they're screwed. If both of them play, but are clearly less than 100%, you know, what impact does that have? I mean, I presume it would have a huge impact because they're their two best players. And if you're going to try and win this game, a fourth 
win of the year, take over first place temporarily in the NFC East, at least through Sunday, if you're going to do that, you need everybody that you can. I mean, you already have a major situation at place kicker with Hopkins, A, being injured, and B, being not good. You can't go into Dallas, who suddenly is a little bit resurgent. Andy Dalton, you know, playing reasonably well uh, back in the lineup. Ezekiel Elliott looked like he had some big, big, big holes to run through against Minnesota. They went toe-to-toe with a good offense, and it wasn't Kirk Cousins turning the ball over. They just went toe-to-toe, and they won that game. For anybody that thinks this is going to be, ah, Dallas, easy, we're going to do what we did to them a couple of weeks ago, no, no chance. So this is a huge situation for us to monitor. Also limited, linebacker Ryan Anderson, safety DeShazer Everett, wide receiver Dontrell Inman, uh, offensive tackle Cornelius Lucas, and linebacker Jared Norris. Now, all five of those guys did not play, did not play on Sunday. So, again, while this is an approximation, this is an estimation, the fact that all five of those guys were listed as limited and not a DNP is notable. Unfortunately, all five of them are not guaranteed to play, number one. Number two, even if they do play, we don't know how good they're going to be. And if, again, you're missing McLaurin, does Dontrell Inman help? Sure, of course. But he doesn't make up for Terry McLaurin. And there is no running back here. So it would be J.D. McKissick, Peyton Barber, uh, and Bryce Love is not even in the picture, right? He's still on IR. He's not coming off of IR. For Dallas, cornerback Anthony Brown, did not participate or was listed as a DNP. Um, you know, and they've had some issues, obviously, back there. I know they got a woozy back uh, last week, I believe it was. Uh, but still, tight end Blake Bell, kicker Greg Zerline. So both kickers are um, dealing with different issues. And Ezekiel Elliott, Brandon Knight, offensive tackle, and linebacker Joe Thomas were listed as full participants for Dallas. Again, even though there was not a practice, the NFL makes them generate this ridiculous injury report uh, because, well, probably for gambling purposes, if we're being honest. Um, So that's the the deal as of late Tuesday morning. Again, Cowboys no practice on Tuesday because of a medical emergency with their, uh, somebody on their staff. Uh, and hope everything is okay there. And then on top of that, the concerning injury news, at least for right now, with Washington. We will have the latest updates for you. Check out WrestleMania 621 at WrestleMania 621 as well at Locked WFT Pod on Twitter, at Locked WFT Pod on Twitter, as well. We will have you covered on SI.com with the practice and injury report as quickly as we can get it. And on the radio, I'll be hosting uh, with my guy Pete Medhurst from 2 to 6 Eastern time on Tuesday afternoon on 106.7 The Fan and the Radio.com app. So you can check out the latest all there. 
All right, so let's turn the page and let's hear from head coach Ron Rivera from his Monday day after press conference. Let's do that next right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. Guys, I'm Chris Russell, and you know protecting my family is my number one priority, but I want to do it safely. The people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or purse, yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns, guys, that's not the way to go. Unnecessary risks, you got all sorts of legal issues, God forbid it goes off and and you just have a complete disaster. We're not talking about doing anything grand here. We're talking about being able to incapacitate an attacker so that you can get away and call police and get to safety, right? So do something smart like a taser product. They're safe, easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape. And they also send an emergency dispatch to your GPS location. So you don't even have to do it. You don't even have to do it. So that is really, really important. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. So make sure you check your state of residency. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code NFL. Save 15% now at taser.com, guys. Promo code NFL. That's T A S E R.com. Promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, back here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. Right out to Ron Rivera from Monday, his press conference day after a game, right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. How do you do do this short week? Uh, How how do you make sure everybody's ready to go um, and you get what you need to get? Um, Well, basically, you, uh, you, you try to have as much carryover from the last couple of weeks as possible. Uh, you limit all the new stuff you, you want to put in, and uh, then you go out and uh, prepare. And, you know, what we try to do is give the guys an opportunity today to, to, to get as much treatment as they can, get a lift in, get a, get a jog in to kind of break the sweat. And then we'll, uh, we'll have Zoom meetings um, by protocol, then we'll bring them in for a quick walkthrough. Uh, and then tomorrow, um, again, we'll, we're going to do the same stuff we did on Wednesday and Thursday, and that's we're going to – we're going to tempo it up, but uh, we're not going to have pads on. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll try and teach as much as we can. Appreciate it. Hey, Ron. Uh, I wanted to build a little bit on something you were talking about yesterday about the idea of kind of learning to win in that game and all. Uh, 
Is there something about the kind of workman-like way that you guys won that game, especially in the second half, that might do more for learning to win than, say, even the last, you know, those two points at the end of the Giants game? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I mean, um, you know, there are different ways to learn to win. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, when you're on the road, you, you, you score at the very end, you've got momentum, you know. Things say that uh, stats have said that the home team tends to win more when you're on, you know, uh, so your opportunities you try to take then. Um, sometimes you may not be playing your best football. You may not have a lot of big plays, but if you systematically run the ball and grind the clock and, and, and control it, um, you can control the tempo uh, defensively if you're shutting down the run and, and you're getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, you're allowing the DBs to make plays. Yeah, it, it, there are different ways to win. And, and, and yesterday was a little bit more of a workman type of football game because um, I, I don't think we played our best football. Uh, and I, I do think we had some individuals that did step up and play really well. Um, you know, I thought Ronald Darby had a really good game for us. That was good to see. I think some of the guys on the uh, defensive line, you know, came up with, with, with big plays at the right moment, uh, Chase being one of those guys. Um, you know, and some of his pressures led to some other good things for guys around him. So, yeah, I, I would say it was a workman type of game. Do you appreciate that more than you would say a blowout or is it you personally, or would you always rather have the 40 to nothing win or whatever? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the blowout. It makes life a little simpler. <laughs> when you drafted Chase Young, I remember you telling us about a 15-minute meeting you had with him at the combine where he could feel out his intangibles and his personality. And have, have those things kind of shown themselves now that you've had him for a couple months? And what exactly are you seeing from him when it comes to off the field stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, the off the field stuff, the intangibles are, are, are unbelievable. I mean, you know, in, in the weight room, doing the extra work, um, you know, in, in the training room, doing the things he needed, uh, then, and then going into the, in the classroom and watching him do the stuff that he does. Um, you know, unfortunately, now with the way the protocols are, you know, guys are going to have to tempo back a little bit. Um, they can't spend as much time here uh, and he'll find a way. I mean, that's the thing that I'm, I'm really pleased that he seems to always have a, uh, an answer for how to do things. And he's, um, he's a, he's a bright young man. He's sharp. He gets it. Uh, I'm excited about who he, he's going to become for us. Uh, I'm excited about who he is right now. Hey Ron, um, when you made the uh, quarterback change earlier in the year, you said you Part going with Kyle and Alex, uh, <laughs> elevating that because they have just more experience in general, and then in your offense, in, in the offense in particular. I'm just curious, what have you seen from Scott Turner's play calling and, play, and game planning as the season has progressed with these more experienced uh, passers at quarterback? Well, the, the biggest thing is I, I see a, a few more things from the stuff that we did when we were in Carolina, um, and and that you know just kind of shows he's opening the playbook. Um, I, I think that, you know, obviously when you prepare a game for a specific quarterback, you know, it, it's what they do best, um, things that they're capable of doing. Uh, and I think sometimes it's about the development of the guys around you and how they've developed. I mean, if you look at the way the receiving core is, is, is getting better and better and stronger and stronger, you see the way the running game is coming together. It's, it's pretty exciting. And, and, and next few weeks are going to be challenging based on who we play. I mean, we got Dallas and then Pittsburgh. You know, those are those are going to be those going to be tough games. You know, Dallas is at home. It's Thanksgiving, where they traditionally play big. Um, you know, they're coming off of a, a good win, uh, and then you have you know, obviously the undefeated 
Steelers coming in. A, you know, we'll go to them in a couple of weeks. So it's it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, uh, excuse me, an interesting couple of two weeks. Hey, Ron, how important is it to have a quarterback with Alex Smith the experience as you head down this kind of a stretch? Well, I, I think it's, it, it's important to have a guy that's comfortable and confident in your system, uh, especially against these kind of teams that we're going to be playing. And so, you know, he'll, you know, he'll have experienced this before. He'll know how to handle it. Um, he'll help the guys around him. And I think that's very, very valuable right now. Was there, was there a play that you could point to yesterday where it was maybe an example of that? Wow. You know, I just got done watching all the tape. You know, I watched, just got done watching the entire game and, and every snap and, you know, everything kind of runs together right now. I mean, if I was watching it, I could probably tell you. I could probably pick one or two out right away. Uh, yes. Yes. And I just got done talking to Scott Turner about it. When we were backed up, the one he threw to Cam Sims, okay, we had a different play on. He, he, he read the defense. He saw the corner back off. He knew the corner had the deep outside third. So he whipped it out there to Cam to pick up a very valuable first down. We went from being, I think, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the eight or nine-yard line to now getting a first down and being on you know, about the 18-yard line, so, or if not more. So that, I mean, that's the kind of stuff you get there. You, you, you look at stuff um, and, and see him do those things. And, you know, and, and I hear Scotty, you know, in, in my headset, you know, when he, when he makes the play, you know, he'll say, that's a heck of a decision, you know, stuff like that. Those things are invaluable um, because when they talk about that, the other quarterbacks will be in the room and they'll hear what, 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 what's being said about those plays. Uh, the rest of the team will hear that and, you know, they'll know and they'll have trust in what Alex can, can do for them, do for us, I should say. Ron, when you come in this morning and you're watching the tape after a win, you know, a half game out of first place, just about to end the, the third quarter of your season, I wonder, does that, does that feel different at all? Does this feel? Oh, yeah. It feels, you know, it's interesting. The last three weeks, you know, the, excuse me, the last three losses, the, the, the two Giants game and, and Detroit game, um, coming in the office was, was uh, it didn't feel as bad as it had in the past about losing. I mean, losing is it sucks to be honest, and sometimes it's just miserable. Um, but coming in and just kind of looking back at, at at those three games for me, and just thinking about the progress we're making, the development that's happening, the growth that you see, you know. And, and as I've said, I'm optimistic about a lot of things, and I'm optimistic about the direction we're headed. Um, are we where are we where we want? To, no, not even close. But the thing that's positive is is the way they play. Um, they, they play hard to the end. They put themselves in position to win, um, you know, and, and now it's just a matter of winning. It's learning how to win, learning how to fit in. And, and again, I'm, I'm, shoot, I'm still learning. And, and, and so it, it's been very positive. And, and, and so having come in the office, you know, after those kind of losses, but seeing what I've seen, I'm encouraged. Today, watching the tape, there were some really good individual efforts that, 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 that stood out. You know, Ronald Darby, as I said earlier, I thought played a terrific ball game. I, I really did. Um, Cam Curl, I thought played played well. I was I was very pleased with, with the direction the linebacking core is headed, and I liked all that rotational stuff we were doing. Um, it keeps everybody involved, keeps everybody on their toes, and it keeps everybody anxious to get in the game. I thought some of the things that happened with the front were excellent on defense. 
Then you flip it over and you look at what happened on the offense. And I thought some of the offense alignment had, had really good moments. Really pleased <coughs> with more. <coughs> excuse me, with what Morgan gave us at left tackle. I thought Wes uh, Schweitzer was was excellent. You know, Chase had a really good game. Really a controlling our calls. You know, Brandon Scherf had a courageous game, and uh, <coughs> and really like what well, <coughs> you know we got from David Sharp, who's learning. You know, tight ends were good. The receiving core, the young guys, just good. I mean, those are the kinds of things that you want to see. But <clears throat> did we play our best game yesterday? No. Did we win? Yes. And we still won. And to uh, Lester's point, I mean, it was more of a workman-type game than it was an explosive game. And you got to win sometimes those kinds. All right, that's part one of Ron Rivera. We'll come back and finish it up next right here on LOWFT. All right, guys, so if we're being honest with you, right, this week is impossible, really, to be a good boy or girl in terms of eating, right? We're all going to eat. We're all going to go crazy. Thanksgiving Day, it's the best holiday of the year, uh, even if uh, the Washington football team were to lose on Thursday in Dallas, right? That's why you eat before, so your Thanksgiving meal isn't ruined. Um, But we're all going to need to get back on track, and we're all going to need to do extra workouts, and we're all going to need a little extra energy, right, because you might be that tryptophan coma from all that turkey that you're going to eat, you little goblins. So here's what you do. You grab a Built Go. Built Go, one and a half ounce packages, three different flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint, guys, and it's the way to go. All you do is you put it in your workout bag, you put it in your golf bag if you're going golfing this weekend, you put it in your briefcase if you're working, or if you're a fool like me and you're working round the clock, because that's what you do. You just have it in your little cabinet, wherever you might put your supplements or whatever you do, and you grab it right down the chute, and away you go. It's like five-hour energy without that same crash feeling. Build Go, I'm telling you guys, if you don't know what collagen protein is, trust me, it's good for you. It promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. It makes you feel better and look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. And as I always tell you guys, let's go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, it is the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. We finish up with Ron Rivera from Monday via WashingtonFootball.com. Hey, Ron, I just wanted to ask, uh, you mentioned Cam Curl there. What did you think of the safety play as a group yesterday? A lot of young guys on the field for I you. I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know, would have loved to see Troy make that, that, that interception. <clears throat> he put himself in position, good read, breaking downhill. Got a little anxious and started looking uh, upfield uh, to where to run before he caught it. And, you know, it's one of those things that keep your eye on the ball, catch the ball, and then you can think about running it. But I thought it was good. <clears throat> I thought Cam did a nice job inserting himself. A couple times we had a rock and roll of safeties, and I thought, uh, you know, watching Troy come up into, up into the uh, run fits was good. Uh, he made a couple – he actually made a, a couple of really nice tackles uh, in, in, in the red zone. 
So I thought it was a solid effort. Um, you know, they're young. They're still learning to play. But that's the exciting part is, as I just said, they're young. Ron, going back to when you made that quarterback change and you mentioned how it was important for you to um, show the young guys how to win um, and to give them that chance to win, not just for now, but for the future too. Have you seen that mentality that you hoped you would see when you, yes. when you set out for that? Yes. <clears throat> yes, yes, and yes. Um, and the reason I say it is because they fight to the end. I mean, you know, we, we may not have played very well in, in, in the first half of some of these games, but we came out in the second half and played really well and gave ourselves a chance to win. That's probably the most important thing is you know, give yourself a chance to win and, and, and learning to win will come. I mean, you know, there will be some times when, you know, I, I, I may do something boneheaded and, and they may win in spite of me. And, and, and kudos to the guys for that. Uh, other times, you know, th there may be some really good things happening and they may just get the momentum and take the momentum and win a football game. Uh, there's a lot of ways. I mean, and we got a lot of learning to do as a football team. And we're a young group uh, and that's encouraging. You know, we, we do have some veteran guys at the right key positions for us, but we are young. Has that surprised you at all, the way they've taken this on? No. I think the big reason it, it really hasn't surprised me because you watch the way they practice and they prepare. They practice hard. I mean, uh, almost to the point where I've got to get, the, get them to, 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 to be careful. And, 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 you know, sometimes it'll, it'll carry over when we're in shells and don't have shoulder pads on. You know, the guys have to, have to learn to practice um, where they take care of each other. But right now they're practicing hard. It's carrying over and you're seeing it in the game. Um, I'd like to see us start faster. I mean, we talk about it as a coaching staff. What can we do? Um, you know, and, and, and it really just comes down to making plays. And, if you point back to the Dallas game and how they how we started and how we handled things, um, you know we'd love to be 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 able to do that all the time, but it's something we have to learn to do, and we're still learning. Hey, Ron, kind of connected to to that answer and that question. Um, with a young team, I would imagine it's easy to just look at a record and get down about where you are. Um, but you said these guys haven't. Um, so what is it ab about them, and, and maybe who have you been able to lean on? Um, again, knowing to say the division is up for grabs and, and that's in your grasp, but then to look at the record, um, that's not an easy thing to do. So what is no. it about these guys that has led to that being able to happen? Because I think they see it. I think they see the growth. I mean, you know, you, you look at our running back situation, and we got some young guys that are involved in the running game. You know, yesterday I, I thought the way Scotty handled everybody, brought everybody in, gave everybody a chance to run the ball, and they ran it hard. Um, you know, I, those guys see it. You know, they see the young receivers going out there making plays and coming up with, 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 with huge momentum swing plays. Um, the guys see it. And, and when, you, when you see things improving and getting better, you know, you, it makes you want to keep going. It makes you want to keep learning so you can get better, so you can be better. And that's what we got to do. We got to continue to grow. Keep that excitement about getting better as a football team alive. Um, and I think that's what it is. And that's why in spite of the record, uh, they, they play hard. And, and, and I will say, you know, just the fact that we're not very good as a division right now uh, and, and we're a half a game off the lead, it, it, it's reason for guys to come show up and, and, and prepare and get ready and see what happens. Hey, Ron, after the game, uh, you addressed your players in the locker room saying, uh, we got to stop waiting for somebody else. I want you to take ownership. Obviously, you sense an opportunity here, and I'm just curious, why was it important to deliver that message then and there as you move forward here with the back half of the season? 
Well, I think the big thing is, is, is these guys, you know, to me, have to understand that, you know, you, you doing your job is one thing, but doing your job with a little something extra. You know, it's not just about getting in your crease and holding it. It's getting in your crease and getting it to the ball and making a play. It, it's, it's not just blocking your guy, but it's blocking your guy and moving him to create a bigger space for that running back or to protect that quarterback to give him that extra second he needs. You know, it's not just about running your route, but running your route at the right tempo and pace, understanding why I, I need to do those things. Those are the things I, 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 I'm trying to get across to the guys. You know, take ownership. If, you, if, you, if you're not doing it better, well, do it better. If you see somebody else not doing it the right way, help correct them, point it out, get them to understand. I mean, that's what I'm trying to get across to our guys. It's, it's, it's not just about, you know, your job. It's about the whole thing as a whole. You know, all 11 guys doing what they need to do. That's what the important thing is. Hey, Ron, good morning. Um, it seemed like, at least when Burrow was in there, that they were having some pretty decent success on first and second down, but you guys put a pretty good blanket on them on third down. I think they were 3 of 13 overall. Yep. Did something change, uh, maybe uh, adjustments schematically, anything for well, you guys to have that success on third down? I think one of the things that, that, you know, that Jack wanted to do was we wanted to keep the ball in front of us, not allow an explosive, Okay. Um, you know, because they do throw the ball deep. And, and it's one of the things that, you know, that has, has, has at times troubled us a little bit is that we've given up a couple plays over the top. So I thought the DBs did a nice job of keeping everything in front of them. Um, you know, they did get a pick and wheel on us. Um, that was probably, I think, their, their, their most explosive play of the day. But for the most part, we kept it in front of us. And then when we got into third down, I thought Jack did a nice job mixing up the pressure mixing up the front look, uh, and then mixing up the coverage. You know, sometimes we play one specific coverage, you know, when it was third and short, and we came back in the same situation, he called another coverage. So keeping it mixed and, and, and moving guys around um, does add a little bit of doubt, a little confusion to the opponent. And I thought, you know, what he did and the way he did it was really good. And that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Hopefully we will have, um, I got to reach out, quite honestly, it's so busy uh, that we haven't been able to establish connection yet uh, with the guys from Locked on Cowboys. Uh, and we will have a crossover edition for you earlier this year, uh, earlier this week, or you will be able to hear from plenty of players and get their reaction. We'll get it all for you. And of course, we'll have a post-game edition of the Locked on Washington football team podcast late Thursday. Thursday night, late Thursday night into Friday morning, uh, regardless, win or lose. All right, that's going to do it for us. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.